while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to the second hour of South Coast tonight. I'm your fill-in host, Jessica Machado. You can catch me on the Jess Machado Show every Saturday from 1 to 4 p.m. Um, so that's a given. Uh, I've also got some fill-in dates coming up for Barry Richard. I'm going to pull those up so that you can you can know what they are. May is very busy, so I don't let me just go. Want to go over a schedule? Sure, why not? Um, I'm filling in for Howie Carr this Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. And then the following week, I'm filling in for Barry here on the 18th and the 19th, which is a Thursday and a Friday. On Friday, after I fill in for Barry, I'm heading straight to the Howie Car radio uh, station um, and filling in for Howie from 6 to 7. And then I'm filling in for Barry on the following Monday and Tuesday. And then I'm filling in for Howie again the following Friday. And then I'm going to have a break for a week. And then I'm going to start filling in uh, for Grace Curley uh, while she's on her maternity leave, as long as she has her baby. So that's that. Lots going on. It's going to be a fun summer. I, I've had like, I had like as a lot of summers like at, at home with my children. I'm, I've talked, whatever. We're going to talk about poll numbers for DeSantis because I want to talk about that as well. Um, and, and poll numbers for Trump, by the way. But I was just going to say, um, you know, I've I've been primarily a stay-at-home mom for a long time because I I genuinely believe that a mother should be at home raising her children. That's it. I don't care if that makes you feel bad. I don't care if you wanted to go to work. I don't care whatever it is you say. I don't know if that makes you feel guilt or maternal guilt or whatever. I I just my opinion is a mother should be at home raising her children and the father should be providing and the mother should be cooking and cleaning and doing all of the things with the pets and the laundry and the kids and the the homework and all of those things. And I think in my experience that has worked tremendously well for me. Um, we, we haven't, you know, made millions of dollars and we certainly, you know, haven't been able to, you know, go out and spend money on all of the brand name things. But we've managed to pull off usually two family vacations a year, you know, that require driving places, not flying. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we've done all right. You know, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's been great. Um, my youngest uh, kids are going to be in high school next year. And so I kind of thought maybe it was time that I could focus on myself. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, I don't know if I could have done this job or Howie Carr or Grace or anything in my 20s or 30s. I don't think I was as smart as I, I am right now. I don't think I was as confident. I don't think I, I had the life experience. And so sometimes I just feel like God has a plan for you and I don't know if you always know what it is. And I think that in some level, you have to just trust that God has a plan and, and things happen 
for a reason when they happen. And and that's not saying that you don't cultivate those things or make things happen because I've worked my butt off and I've tried really hard when I've been here to put on a really great show for listeners. Um, so you still have to do some work. But I just think there's a bigger power um, in control of the, the, the big picture. And uh, I'm just talking about for me, but maybe it resonates with some of you right now. I'm like doctor filling you all. If things are confusing and you just don't know where you're going, just trust and just, I hate that cliche, trust the process. It's so cheesy and it's overdone and people get tattoos of it all the time and stuff. It's so lame. Um, but I just kind of feel like there's always a bigger plan and I, it's not lost on me that Sky Daddy, you know, put all of these opportunities in front of me now that my children are older. They don't want to be around me nearly as much and um, I can kind of go and work and work on my career and my kids are, you know, not scathed by it. So there's that. Anyway, we've got a busy month ahead of me, but you can catch uh, me here filling in for Barry the 18th, the 19th, the 22nd, and the 23rd at the very least. I'm here again tomorrow, by the way, filling in for South Coast tonight for the boys. I don't know where they are, what they're doing. (laughs) Where are they? What are they doing? Want to talk presidential poll numbers? I do. Uh, 70% of GOP voters stand behind Trump amid the indictment and the investigations and all of the things that are going on. 70%. That's a lot. I mean, 70%. That's great. By the way, there's absolutely no chance Trump isn't going to be the, the nominee for president next year. So that's on lock, right? And I also think it's most likely on lock that Joe Biden is also going to be the nominee. I do like it when some people jump in these races and you get to see other people. I mean, honestly, we learned who Kamala Harris was when she ran for president. We got to see who these people were and they traveled and they're doing debates and all that stuff is really great. Um, And so I don't mind that some of these people come out. But let's just face it, it's going to be Trump and Biden again, um, unless Biden doesn't make it in my, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, I don't know. Let's take a call. Hi, caller. You're live with Jess. Uh, Hey, Jess. Hey. Uh, Hi. I think... uh I, I think there are probably a lot of families out there that that want to have one earner household, mm-hmm. um, you know, or maybe one parent doesn't work full time, you know, has something more flexible. So, mm-hmm. what would you what would you want to see folks do in Massachusetts or nationally to let more families do that? Say it again. I didn't hear you. There's a little bit of an echo. What would oh, I do? Sorry, that's, me, that's me cooking dinner here. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, uh, so, like, I think there are a lot of families out there that would want to have one earner household. Yes. Around. Yes. So what would you want to see uh, politicians do at the federal or the or the local or state level to do that? I, I would not put that on any politician or anybody at a state level. It's doable on your own. You can do it yourself. Um, you can uh-huh. you can cut costs. Um, I mean, I, I've said this before. I don't get my hair done at a salon. I don't go get yeah. my nails done. My kids don't buy expensive Nikes. Um, we When my kids were smaller, when money was really tight and I wasn't working at all, like when I was in the prime of having my children, um, we right. bought our clothes at Savers and Salvation Army because they were growing right. fast and I'm not spending money. I wouldn't wait around for anybody to do it for you. Um, I don't know what they could possibly do. I don't think anybody's going to step up and do it, especially in Massachusetts. You don't need to wait. You can do it now. It's possible. I mean, we have one yeah. car. My husband and I have one car right now. 
Um, right. Because I wasn't working full time, so um, we, you know, it's 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 kind of a little bit of a struggle. It's not really. I mean, you know, sharing a car or making arrangements. I mean, is it harder? Sure, but it's not completely uncomfortable. It can be done. I mean, you could cut. Think about getting rid of one car. How much would that save one family right now? A month in insurance and a car payment. Right. No, no, it would save a lot. I mean, I think that like, but I feel like uh, since the eighties or. You know, probably if you go even further back to the '70s, you got a lot more families now where where both the both both parents are working. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is your read that that that's families are doing that because they they have to do that because of costs, or do you think? That's just social norms changing. Like, what's your take on that? Well, I would I would venture to say that the the women's movement in the seventies to try to you know change. I mean, think about this. This is a new thing. I mean, back uh, in the back in the fifties, we had a, a woman home and one person working. Um, yeah. But I I I you know for somebody like me that scrutinizes like money in my household, you know, just there's so many things I think that we get it. You know. Um, entranced with and you know that we find attractive and sexy about life like going out to eat fast food starbucks i mean the how much money are people really spending on things that they can cut out of their budget and and have a person home and i think that you know maybe that feels good to people maybe shopping and and getting all those things that feels great i'm just telling you right now from somebody who has done it it is possible um you know i do i ever feel like i want to go out and have a successful career i always felt once i had my children my priority was home it it happened the minute i had my first child um you know and and i didn't have by the way and this is another thing i didn't have my mother or my mother-in-laws to raise my children for me if you have a situation like that right where you have maybe multi-generational families living together then maybe you can go out and have two families working but if you have your children in the home then that that's also a fair trade Um, but i'm going to tell you i've never once put my children in daycare so i could go and work because i would be paying just as much money as i would be making to send some my kids to be raised by somebody else i mean it's crazy yeah fair enough anyway all right appreciate you talking through that thank you yeah no thank you um did i do that right with these phones yeah yeah i think it's possible i mean i've done it um, and you can't get wrapped up in stuff. You can't get wrapped up in things. Um, and I know, you know, some, and I, I can't tell the tone of that caller if he was defensive. I don't think he was, but I've been in conversations with people that get super defensive about this. Um, and I think sometimes people don't want to hear it that you, you know, are probably too materialistic to pull it off. Um, you're too, um, you know, the, the American dream of, you know, you get married, you have kids, you get jobs and cars and all those things. I mean, you don't actually have to do that. You know, you can, uh, my mother lives with me now. Um, you can have multi-generational homes. And by the way, those are gaining popularity right now. Um, you can, um, have one car. You don't have to go get your hair done and your nails done, ladies. You know what I mean? Like what, what's more valuable to me? I don't know. Not having other people raise my kids. Um, let's take this next caller. I hope I'm doing this right. Hi, caller. You're next. Hey, good evening. Hi, how are you? Peachy, how are you? Good. What's up? I can see how it be, could be able to be done with uh, one, the man working and the woman staying at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the man has to work two jobs. Mm. Maybe they don't need two cars. Maybe they have to take buses. Right. There's all kinds of ways you can, you can save money. You, you don't have to have these uh, 
cell phones with uh, $120 a month payment, whatever they are. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. I think you can do it. You can do go it. to a regular, regular rotary dial telephone at home. Yes. Take telephone calls at home. Mm-hmm. Well, I went for a time without cable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the way it was. It wasn't in our budget. You know? cut out too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I'm just telling you I've done it in the past. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think people could do it if they wanted to. Sometimes I, people don't want to hear it, but I yeah, mean, there's, you there's can't a lot do of, it. a lot of things you can do for family entertainment that don't cost a whole lot of money. Either. Oh, I could run the gamut can, on that. We used to do some, family fishing yes. or... Yes. For a picnic. We used to go oh. feed the ducks all the time at the Swansea Dam. Uh, there are plenty of parks and places. We used to go to Colt State Park all the time. I mean, there, I, I'm, I'm kind of, it's, and it's been a while. Stuff to do too. And it's family time. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it, yep. and you know what? Little kids are super easy to entertain. Is it harder now? It is. Um, my kids are teenagers, but, um, you know, we still have family. We still play cards, you know, at my house with the kids. We still play games. Um, we Absolutely. Play, we, there's, you can do it. That's better. You, you can do it. I mean, yeah, people, you're developing social skills by that instead of parking somebody in front of a hunk of plastic. Yeah. And you know what? Also, too, like, I cook every night. I make a meal every night at home, and that's number one. It's cheaper, right? Number two, I mean, it's really cheap, by the way, if you're if you're making your own meals. Um, but number two, there's opportunities. There's opportunities with that, though. Too, though, the kids want to come up and see what you're doing. They, they do. want to help cooking. Yes, I was Everybody just smells. Say that. It's an opportunity to socialize. And, my kitchen is the hub know. of my house um, because I'm always in the kitchen, and we have a table in the middle, and the kids are talking. I mean, yeah. this happens every night. I mean, I'm not yep. telling anybody who knows me anything different. Everybody knows. Yep. I cook dinner. It's possible. And you know what? If you're making your meals at home and you're not eating out and you're not getting DoorDash and fast food all the time, you save Bro, a ton of money. money. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. Hey, you uh, you uh, you hang out with social... You're, you're in the know, uh, I think maybe a lot more now than you have been in the, the not-too-distant not past. Mm-hmm. I can see the Republicans... I, I detect a groundswell of support for somebody other than the Democrats these days. And I think the Republicans might be in line to do that. Mm. But I'm wondering about the uh, theft of the elections mm. and uh, other stuff that goes on with the, with the, the ballot harvesting and and uh, also with the media. You know, the media, they got rid of Tucker Carlson now, so that was like the last thing they had to get rid of. Mm. And I'm, So I'm wondering, what do the people that you know say about how the, the Republicans or the conservatives are going to get out their messages to the people this election go around and uh i don't expect any like details but uh mm-hmm. do they are they developing a plan to deal with the election fraud well it's interesting that you mentioned that caller i'm going to lower your volume and i'm going to answer your question for you because i'm going to take a break as soon as i'm done but by the way thank you for calling in um I was just recently speaking with uh, Caroline Calaruso. She's on the state committee, and she's been working on an election integrity piece for the Mass GOP. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people are suspicious of, you know, voting now that you have absentee ballots, absentee ballot applications, uh, early voting. Mail-in voting, you know, is something that a very small group of people used, and now it's mainstream thanks to COVID. And I think what has happened is, you know, I'm not going to be too conspiracy theorist, right, when it comes to, like, stealing elections, right, and ballot dumps and things like that. Although I've seen some videos that just – I can't see how any other way it could be interpreted. I It, it, it literally looks to me like ballots were dropped, right? Um, but even if we take that piece away from it, the Democrats are very savvy when it comes to the absentee ballot vote. I mean – 
We talked about this, I think, last week. You know, Paul Harone knocked on doors. He had a group of people that were knocking on doors, and they were they were handing out ballots, uh, applications for absentee ballots. We in my own small town of, of Somerset, we had uh, not only an election three years ago where the candidate who won um, had, I think, over two hundred and some odd absentee ballots, but even this time around, we had people doing early voting in absentee ballots. The Massachusetts Teachers Union gets involved with the absentee ballot thing. The Democrats know that this is an easy way to get votes. You can't always depend on a person to show up to a polling location. I mean, think about Somerset is a town with only 17, 18,000 people. We only had 20, 21% of the people showed up. Voting numbers, I mean, gosh, I remember the special election here in New Bedford. You had, you know, literally one polling location had like 13 people showing up. People just don't get out to vote. People are lazy. They are not motivated. Uh, they sometimes don't make the connection between who they're electing in their everyday lives. And so if you can start working on those ballots and absentee ballots, earlier and go to the people where they don't even have to leave their house how can you not see that that's going to be successful and republicans have not embraced it do i think that there's potentially a change now i do mail-in voting absentee ballots are not going away um and so i think maybe they get it i hope they get it for those of us who work sheriff hodgson's campaign we we saw it um, and we were just talking about this too. Evan Gendro ran for state representative, right? And in some communities, they keep, so this gets a little complex and it, it's, it's hard to follow. I have to take a break, but some communities can report their, their results in all one lump sum. So early voting, absentee ballots, and in person. But some communities can have it separated. So they can have those numbers in three different totals and then they can add them up. It's obviously, I think, far more beneficial to not only residents but to candidates to see those things in three separate categories. And in the category, in the towns where they did split those categories, Evan Gendro won in-person voting. But he lost absentee voting, mail-in voting. So to me... It showed that if you took those options away, Evan Gendro would have won that community. Uh, but the other group was out there um, trying to leverage these votes. And, you know, my own town doesn't do that. They lump them all together. Um, and I, I think that that needs to be changed. I think that if we are going to, one way for us to feel more comfortable with these voting options is for us to see the voting totals separately into categories. I think lumping them all together where you have no, no idea what percentage. I mean, because let's look at it this way. If, if Sheriff Hodgson won you know, let's just say 60% or 70% of the vote, right, in, of in-person voting. And Paul Harrow got 30%. But in mail-in voting or absentee voting, the numbers were flopped. Well, then I would call for some sort of a recount or something. Like, that's just not making any sense. Um, or people could say, man, that guy didn't care about who was going to show up. They just went and got everybody beforehand. The, the Republicans need to understand this isn't going away anytime soon. It's we, That's it. So you, it's there. Figure out how to uh, work equally as hard as the Democrats and go get those votes. Uh, but I really think that 
I would like to see every community break up those results so we can scrutinize those numbers. And by the way, I'm like a statistics girl. I want to see numbers. I want to talk about it. I want to I want to analyze it um, as a former candidate. I would love to analyze those things. Um, and I think that that's probably the best. That's at least one step. Um, so there's that. All right. Okay. Uh, I have somebody that's on hold, but I have to take a break. 508-996-0500. Just a couple things we were talking about. One, uh, you know, is it possible for a family to have one stay-at-home parent and only have one income in 2023? Do you think that it's possible? Um, and then election integrity and voting, uh, we were just talking about now. The phone lines are open. Feel free to call. We'll get to the caller who's on hold after this break. I'm Jess. I'm filling in for Marcus and Chris, and you're listening to South Coast Tonight on 1420 WBSM. I'm your host for the rest of the night, Jess Machado, filling in for the boys on South Coast tonight. Um, Just before we went to break, we were talking about how I personally believe it is possible to have one stay-at-home parent. It doesn't have to be a mom, by the way, but I personally think that's best um, because, you know, I think moms are nurturing and caring and dads um, have a tendency to not be as uh, nurturing or caring. Come at me for that. I don't really care. Um, It's just facts. Uh, Just some statistics, by the way. Uh, according to the uh, United States Bureau of Labor Statistics, for decades, the number of stay-at-home moms had been declining. Um, back in 1967, over 50% of mothers were stay-at-home moms. Um, and then that number has steadily dropped through the decades until two, uh, 1999, when only 23% of moms stayed at home. Since 1999, the percentage of mothers who stayed at home began to increase a little bit, raising from six points to 29% in 2012. It doesn't look like this is, is updated beyond that, but I, I can research this. I can tell you it's even lower than that. Um, back in 1967, 50% of the, uh, Moms were stay-at-home moms, 50%. Let's go to the phone lines. This is where I kind of, I don't know how to do this. Let's try. Hi, caller. Can you hear me? I got you now. Hi, Hi, Bestie. You're live. Hi, Jess. Good to hear you this this time slot. Thank you. Uh, um, So you were uh, complaining earlier uh, or making note of the fact that the, uh, the teachers union in particular uh, with, with the uh, mail-in ballot uh, applications, mm-hmm. door to door. So a cynic would say, a critic would say, "Well, you're you're just trying to suppress the vote, Jess, right?" Right. Jim Crow 2.0. Yep. I got. I got. And Howie always says you got to beat them at their own game, which right. I think is, is wise advice. I, I got <clears throat> two initiative petitions. I don't think they have much chance. The first one would be. Uh, the statewide petition that any proposition two and a half override would require mail-in ballots 
leads property tax there. I lost you on that second half. You're saying a prop two and a half override would require what? A that the uh, any prop two and a half override would require the town seeking the override to uh, send mail in ballots to each uh, taxpayer, each property loan. <laughs> They'll never do that. <laughs> yeah, and then the other one. Hey, I know. So I'm just. <clears throat> I thank you for letting me. That's, a, so here's, that's here, a good here's idea. The but here's, here's the other. The, the, the second one is. Um, Take a take a play out of the uh, I think it was question one the uh, mm-hmm. the millionaires tax right if I remember the question numbers uh, it's us against them mm-hmm. when the them is a very small percentage mm-hmm. so here's this one a uh, statewide referendum to limit the amount of uh, pensions that a state municipal or county employee can receive. Hmm. Find benefit pension at a hundred thousand dollars, which is basically twice what Social Security is for the rest of us. I mean, I'm trying to think of a circumstance on that where I would be against that. I don't, I don't know. It's just I'm being, I'm being kind of, you know, I'm being kind of cynical because I don't think right. either of those two right. things have a chance of passing. But they would both be fair. Yeah. And that's kind of why they don't have a chance of passing. Yeah. Because we're all kind of on the hook. I know if you heard Phil's show this morning, uh, what the MBTA uh, budget liability, uh, I'm no. sorry, the uh, the the, um, the retirement liability is, and the percentage, and this is just one example across the state, the percentage of the MBA oper- operating budget as it's projected you know, into the future, what, what percentage of that operating budget is going to be dedicated to funding pensions? And benefits of retirees, and mm. it, it, it approaches such a point where uh, we're not going to be able to make the rate, uh, the trains run, mm. right? Or in the state level, the the roads, to, we won't be able to fix the roads. Or if, if you know how much it is in the school budget, oh. it's not so much salaries anymore. Building, it's there's a lot of pension uh, expense. Yeah. Retirement expenses are creeping up. They, they seem to be getting to be a bigger percentage of the overall operating budgets of all these various government services. I agree that with that. Fund. It's it's taking up a bigger piece of the pie, and, and the pie is just staying the same. Yeah, and there's no end in sight. No. And it's yeah, it's only it's only getting worse. But anyway, I, I, I thanks for letting me bring that out. I don't know what you think about that, but I tell you what, if we're gonna if we're gonna get people to vote by mail, force people to vote that wouldn't otherwise vote, let's. Um, Let's make it real. Let's, Let's make it real. Let's use it for everything, right? Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great All point. All right, Jess. Thanks. Thanks, but thanks for having me on. Good of course. To, good to talk to thanks you. Thanks for listening and thanks for calling. Hey, that's bye-bye. a great, great point. Um, nobody, nobody wants everybody voting on the prop two and a half override. Are you kidding? Nobody wants that. Don't be crazy. But he's got a good point. Those, but I, those things... It's it's not going to happen. The mail and you know, I'll, I'll mention this and we have another caller too, but we had... Um, our uh, town had the option to not uh, continue to utilize early voting or whatever, and they just said yes. And I think it, it – I don't know the rules or the bylaws, but I think towns and communities have a choice. People should speak up and say we don't want this at the very least. Um, I just think 
it's it's I don't know. There's well, first of all, the list of things I hate about COVID and what it has done and how it has changed our lives um, is long. Uh, but one of the ones that's up there is the is the the way we vote. I I don't know why. I just grew up thinking that it was you go to a poll, you walk in and you vote, um, and they should ask for your license. And I just don't understand. Like to me, it's the most American thing is to just go to a voting booth and vote. I think it's also a very social, community based event. Um, why are we not making people come out to vote? Why is it so hard? If they were given out $100 bills, everybody would show up. I mean, why? I don't know. Let's take this call, I think. Hi, caller. You are next. Hi, Bessie. How are you? Hi, Bessie. How are you? Good. came by and visited you to see how I was flushing the lead out. That was you? That was me. Hi. Well, listen, what are we talking about? are we talking about that police officer that, that uh, died and stuff? Still, I was, well, so I started to, right? And then I realized oh, yeah. it's so complicated. I don't know if I could have well, accurately talked about it and people follow it. What are you, are you following this? Well, no, well you know what, the news is not really talking about it that much anymore. Really? Was it, I, I mean, I haven't really paid attention. I know they talked about it for a while, but they, they portrayed this woman as a, as a crazy woman. But more and more I find out, She's not. So there's more to the story. That's right. You can't really talk about it because we really don't know much about it. Well, there are some things that have come out. I mean, first and foremost, the the information from his cell phone and his Apple Watch clearly show that um, with what they originally said, which was she dropped him off and he never made it in the house and he died right there getting hit by her. That's completely Mm -hmm. disputed because his Apple Watch shows him walking up and down three flights of stairs. Um, It shows him inside the house. His cell phone data shows him inside the home. So that's it. I mean, if that was the case that she hit him on the outside, he made it into the house. And then furthermore, the data shows that he was in the house and nobody in the house ever said that they saw him. So they were all lying. But even more more than that, they replaced the carpeting in the floor of the basement of this house or on the first floor. They filled in the pool of the house of an, uh, someone related to it. The dog is missing, the canine. There was a canine dog in this house, and that dog is gone. Nobody knows where it is. And he had lacerations on his arm that were, you know, um, indicative of a, a dog bite. I mean, I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming they're going to exhume his body soon. I mean, this thing is really, but the bigger piece is. A lot of these people involved are Canton cops, and so it's a cover up well, on on that end. Well, yeah. yeah, I think they're trying to give this girl the scapegoat. I wonder how drunk he really was. I wonder if they did a uh, test on his blood, yeah, to see how intoxicated he was. Because if she was driving, then he has to be really bad as far as that goes. But with all the witnesses, he wasn't driving. She, the girlfriend, was driving. Um, and he he was drunk. I mean, he had been drinking. But my other thing, too, is, I mean, how long was he alive when they put him outside? One of the women who was inside the house, she Googled that on her phone, how long to die in the snow. I mean, they put him outside. He could have been alive. And, and then he just died. I mean, it's absolutely tragic. And what's also sad about this, I believe his this police officer's sister had passed away. And, and this guy had custody of her two kids. And... And now wow. he's gone as well. It's a really crazy story. Absolutely. There's more to this than we know right I agree. now. We just have to stay tuned because, I mean, it's a good thing she has a good lawyer because uh, she probably, she's going to need it. Because, yeah. uh, but, I mean, if there's no witnesses that she hit the car. I mean, if she hit him, there should be some type of uh, 
thing on his body that well, he got hit by a car, you know what I'm saying? That's another piece to this. It's almost like you're helping me tell the story, Pastor, because I couldn't really go through it all of this. But they said and claimed that she had a broken taillight on her vehicle. But I guess there is some sort of video evidence of her vehicle earlier at another location after this night, and it didn't show a broken taillight. So now they're saying, you know, some people are coming to the conclusion that a police officer potentially broke it so that that could have been evidence that she hit him. But if you look at the autopsy pictures of him, um, and they're on online and they're a little grainy, I mean, this guy looks like he got run over by a truck, not backed into while somebody's doing a three-point turn in the middle of a residential neighborhood. It just doesn't add up. It was almost like a blizzard that night. Wasn't it? it was cold. And, and snow, it was yeah. Snow. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. It was like out conditions and stuff like that. Yeah, it just it doesn't... not a good night to be out drinking and driving. Well, that's sure. that, yeah, that's the other thing, too. You know, sometimes some police officers, they all think they're above the law. You know what I mean? So what you and right. I wouldn't do after a night of drinking, um, you know, they, these guys think, hey, if they get pulled over, what are the chances something's going to be, you know, held accountable for them? Listen, we had it in Somerset. Former Chief of Police George McNeil got into a car accident. Right. And I'll just tell you, I can't talk too much about this because there's still an open investigation. But the police officers responding shut off their body cameras. I mean, you know, you're a former chief. You were their boss. They shut off their body cameras. So even if he was drunk or he wasn't drunk, these cops, you know, were, you know, not doing, you know, the right thing by shutting off their cameras. And uh, so if you're a police officer, I guess, you know, there's a, a perk or two to that. And these guys felt like they were above the law. Just that alone, shutting off your body cam, just is uh, yeah. Yeah. Suspicion right there itself. Why would you have to show your body camera if you want someone to see something? Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I put in so, a yeah. records request for that information um, about the body cameras and all of the info, and it's not available because there's still an open investigation. Yeah. So as soon as that's closed, I'm sure I'll get my hands on it. All right. Nice all right, Bestie. You. You're going to be a bunch, bunch of dates there. You're going to be a busy girl this summer. Yeah. Not, yeah, it's pretty good that you're able to raise your kids. I do have one car myself, so I know exactly what it is. So yeah. You can do it. Thanks. It Thank you. You know? I agree. All right, all right Bestie. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's, I um, would normally take another, um, I would go to break, but let's take a quick call because this person has been waiting. Let's try this. Hi, caller. You're next. Hey, what's up, Jess? Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I was hoping I could talk to Marcus tonight because I was going to rag on him a little bit. <laughs> oh, about what? But, uh, oh, no. I, I came across a video tonight on um, uh, the Chinese app TikTok, you know? Yes. And it was funny. I, oh, my God. So it started out It started out with this crazy lunatic Democrat. You know, she's over here saying, oh, it's so crazy all you, uh, you right-wing beer drinkers uh, mad about this special edition Bud Light can, you know? And, yeah. And then it hands off to another guy, you know, saying, yeah, you know what? It is crazy that we're all, you know, worried. You know, we're all uh, crazy about, about a, a, a man dressed as a woman uh, on a beer can. But you know what? It's crazy to think that you guys got mad over uh, a, uh, an Indian on a stick of butter. Yes. Uh, uh a woman on a on a bottle of syrup. Yes, you're a guy right. on a oat, a guy on a on a box of oats. <laughs> Uncle and a, Ben. Another guy on a, a, a box of rice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. I, oh, I, I I laughed so hard. I showed my wife. I'm like, I gotta call. I'm gonna call Marcus and tell him that one. <laughs> Well, you know what? Listen. But then I turned on my radio and I heard you on. I said, "Oh, even better. I'm going to call." Bud Light and, and Anheuser Busch has lost billions of dollars in revenue over this move. Billions. Oh, it's unbelievable. And it's it's, unbelievable. and now they're getting it. Now they're getting it from the left too. 
Right. I don't know if you heard about that. They're getting it from the left. Um, I guess some activists from the LGBTQ community or yes. whatever. They're, they're like reaming Bud Light now or Anheuser Bush. Yep. Because um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't don't quote me on it because I, I, I just caught a glimpse of it this morning from on Phil's show. Um, he said he mentioned it this morning, but. Yep. Uh, I feel like oh, I saw it too, and I just don't know the context. But I saw that like yeah. someone from the L- yeah, I agree. I mean, the whole thing is just so ridiculous. And the the Devin Mulvaney, this person himself, yeah. really right. just irritates me for so many reasons because it's such overly exaggerated feminine right. things that it doesn't really depict who we are. And I feel. Like, it's just so not authentic. It's a caricature, right. you know, and, right. and it's infiltrating every part. He is infiltrating everything. You know, he's right. selling sports bras for Nike. He's selling Bud Light. And it's like, it's it's just not women. You know what I mean? And by the way, I could go into this too, and I'm going to have to let you go, Bestie, because I have to take right. a break. Um, but, you know, I know some trans girls um, that yeah. were guys, um, and they're, they, first of all, they pass for, for women, right? Um, right, right, right. they act feminine, but they don't like force it on anybody. They don't push it. They no, don't push they're it. just literally right. living their lives as women. Yep. There's nothing Absolutely. dramatic or character like about them. Um, I actually really hope I can get um, the one that I know um, to come on and speak because I've just been following her through her transition for, for all the years. And it's so different than what the media portrays. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's nothing okay, like that. Um, 100%. Yeah. And it's it's just marketed. Um, it's it's prepackaged. It's just a joke. And I think right. these these people who are doing it right for their own reasons, whatever yeah. they may be, they must be insulted by this because it's just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So. Hey, Jess, you go woke, you go broke. Right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Have a good time. All right. Okay? Bye, Bestie. Thanks for calling and listening. All right, guys. Let's take our break. Pfizer 8. Sorry, 996-0500. I'm Jess. I'm filling in for Marcus. You know, we can go down this path too because I don't know if we got to talk about the Bud Light thing at any any point in time. But this Dylan Mulvaney person character is just absolutely ridiculous. I'm, I'm so over it. Um, it's insulting. I can't believe people actually thought like this is a good idea. The, the whole trans thing... I'll talk more about the person and and what I feel about this when we come back. Let's take the break really quick. We'll be right back, besties. New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSF. You never know who will call in the South Coast tonight. But they want to hear from you most of all. Call 508-996-0500. Or use the WBSM app to send an app, chat, text message, or leave voicemail. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. 
Um, I was just getting some people were sending me some links to the Dylan Mulvaney has recently spoken out after this whole Bud Light thing. Obviously, we all know um, Bud Light chose to send um, transgender Dylan Mulvaney, um, I guess, a six pack of Bud Light cans with his face on it. Uh, These were not just for some clarification, because what's right is right is, you know, facts matter. I say that a lot. Uh, Bud Light wasn't producing cans with Dylan Mulvaney's face on them and putting them on shelves at like, you know, Somerset Liquors. That wasn't happening. This was a promotional swag pack that was sent to Dylan. And then I'm assuming, you know, so if you if you watch like these people on Instagram, it happens all the time. Most notably, I can tell you with like the Kardashians and Kylie Jenner when she was making her lip kits and things. They these famous people get swag sent to them in the hopes that the people who get them who are famous or have followers will put up some sort of video with the merch or the swag and then whoever is following this person will then say oh what's that and so I'm not really sure how these deals come out you know into play if it's predetermined if they discuss it first or whatever but you know I've seen a ton of these videos right people you know get a Kylie Jenner lip kit when it was being launched when she first started her cosmetics company and you know it would show people opening them and you'd be like wow this is amazing I want it and sure enough I went out and bought a Kylie Jenner lip kit um <laughs> whatever uh so you know Dylan Mulvaney got a swag pack of Bud Light with his face on it. By the way, I can tell you I've thought about this a thousand times. If they couldn't have just made six, right? Like maybe they made a couple hundred. If you've got one, it would probably be worth so much money. But they didn't make these where you could go out and buy them. It was just him. And then he did this obnoxious, ridiculous video um, in the bathtub with his Bud Light cans. I'm going to see if I can find it. Hold on. Mulvaney, um, L-V-A-N-E-Y, Bud Light video. Hold on. Go to Twitter. (laughs) We're just, we're doing things in real time here. I don't have a, I don't have a production assistant or anything like that. Maybe it's been, it's been too long where this, this video is like, oh, I found it. Okay, perfect. Stand by. Hold on. Wait, let's see if we can get this. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to have found this. Anyway, so it's it's Dylan Mulvaney in a bathtub. Uh, wow, he's got good brows. All right, let's see if we can get this to play. Stand by. The estimated hold time is now less than 96. All right, so that's playing in the background. He's in a bathtub blowing bubbles. Opening a can of Bud Light. Doing a dance to this music. Which is not how any girl normally dances. Maybe Elaine from Seinfeld. Blowing bubbles, laughing, drinking. Nobody in nobody in the world would ever believe that this is actually taking place. Um, we thank you for your patience. Yep, back to blowing bubbles, drinking Bud Light in a tub. It's weird. Sorry, are you still there? Yes. Okay, please hold. It's just weird. I I, I don't really even know, like, who allowed it. Um, And then at another point, there was uh, pictures that he put up with him on the cans or whatever. Um, But, like, obviously, (laughs) I didn't 
read it, its audience and it didn't know. I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, and they've lost billions of dollars in revenue because basically now people are boycotting it and they're just saying this is just ridiculous. Like, and, and then we'll, we'll talk about this, but you know, I just don't understand why things are getting shoved down our throats in, in the way that they are. Um, I, I have been following a, a, a guy that transitioned to a girl for years and the progress has been very slow and documented on their, their Instagram and social media. Um, it's a person that is local. Um, if you've seen this person in public, you would 100% think that this is a girl. I'm just telling you, she, she looks like a girl. Um, and, and they've had surgeries to change their appearance and change their anatomy. Um, and, uh, it has never been about a movement or being mistreated or anything. I've actually never seen them post anything about being mistreated. Uh, they have no shortage of boyfriends. Um, they have a social life. They have a job. Uh, one could suspect that they're thriving more than I am. Um, and I just never, I, I was curious and interested. I never felt the need to stop it. I never felt the need to criticize, never felt the need to not look. Uh, I just viewed this as a person going and living their life. Um, and I don't understand why trans people just can't do that right now. Why do we have to have all of these stories? Why do all of these things have to happen? Um, there's someone outside. I don't know who it is. <laughs> oh, um, I, I don't know why it has to. Um, oh, hi, friend. Um, I don't know why it has to take place that way. I don't know why it has to be shoved down our throats. It just doesn't make sense. I have to take a break and then it's the end of the hour and that's hour two. So I'm going to go take a break and I will be right back. 508-996-0500. All right. Hi, besties. Uh, welcome back. We've only got a minute and a half. Um, and then we have to take a break. Um, but we were we talked a lot in this hour. That's what happens when we have no script. Um, we started off by talking about like staying, staying at home and being a stay at home mom. And somehow we have gotten to, um, the, uh, the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing, which I feel like honestly, we, we kind of, I've never addressed. I don't think I've had time. It's pretty, uh, crazy to me. Um, what has happened? I think, my guess, I guess my question is when, all right, here's the thing. The trans stuff, we want to go into the second hour. We can, I mean, third hour, we can do this. The trans stuff to me is I, I genuinely believe that people should be able to do whatever they want. You want to become a woman? Sure. You want to abort your baby at like 39 weeks? Go ahead. I can't tell you what to do. I genuinely believe Americans should have the right to do what they want. I, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I actually hate when people tell me what to do. I just don't know if the way that this whole thing is being pushed down our throats and it's it's starting with our kids. That's wrong. The dragon schools is wrong.